It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. Casual Thursday for us. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White, alongside. Good afternoon. Thursday, kind of our Monday, right? We're going uh, all the way till Christmas Eve. Not kind of our Monday. It is our Monday. (laughs) Uh, Short week for us. We don't have a show on Christmas, but we'll have all the NFL games previewed, as always, on the Sunday uh, this this week. Christmas Eve. See the trees in front of us? Frank's, uh, the the newspaper gnome has made its way into the tree. How did it make its way into the tree? What happened here, Ryan? Ryan put it there. See, it's, there's an explanation for everything. I, I would have bet, it, Sean. But... I was, I was hoping, hoping it was something more fun than just Ryan saying, I put it there. I was hoping like when Frank, Fr- Frank uh, attempted to uh, tackle said uh, yes. Christmas tree earlier today on Punchlines. Uh, injuring out for the year, by the way, with a shoulder injury because of that. Now, but uh, uh, we're happy we're with you we're, that you're with us as always. There it is. The the gnome. Did you know Frank's from Pittsburgh, Alex? Did you know that? Yeah, actually, that's unfortunate. He's out for the year. I thought he may be uh, Mason Rudolph's backup. Oh, oh, wow. but I guess now we we have no chance of seeing Frank out there. That's a shame for the Steelers. Shame. So. By the way, I, I learned this the other day, and I, I'm sure Frank will be very happy with me saying this, but. The fact that Frank Nicotero, our own Frank Nicotero, was the voice of Iron City Beer at one point <laughs> in another in his life, I, it's one of them for for regional. I, I, do I get do I get a penalized for saying <laughs> Pittsburgh, Jerry? Do I get penalized? No, only Frank does. Only um, Frank. No, for Jerry's not even listening to the show. He couldn't even hear me there. But um, but um, <laughs> but um. <laughs> For a regionalized brand, Iron City is associated with Pittsburgh as much as any beer, other than like other than like old style with Chicago, uh, Natty Bo with 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 Baltimore. Very impressive thing that Frank has on his resume. Frank has a lot of impressive things on the resume. He really does, and that it was an interesting story too because they originally had made up a name, right? And they he auditioned, and then they, when they realized it was Frank, they were like, "We're just going to use your. We're just going to use your name. You're you're a good enough <laughs> name, uh, for sure." By the way, sorry I threw Jerry under the bus in the first two minutes. We love Jerry back there. Jerry does a great job as always. El Sonic himself, Jerry T. Also, by the way, shout out to our guy Sean in the corner. Uh, made us all Christmas candies. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. They were awesome. Delicious. They don't, they are, they are gone from on my end that we've, my, my wife and I <laughs> ate them all in two days. Uh, but shout out to our guy, Sean. And, and as always, shout out to uh, Ryan. I love this crew. Look at, look at the camera angle. Sean's the one on the near side. Jerry's the far side. And of course, if you watch punchlines, you recognize the side profile of our guy, Ryan McCormick, who you see on punchlines Monday through Friday. All right. I've rambled on enough. Let's get to some sports here today. Rams and Saints. Alex, this is four. Rams laying it here on a Thursday night at SoFi. A back-to-back year as a Derek Carr team goes and plays the Rams on a Thursday night. Of course, last year for the Raiders, it was the infamous lose the game to Baker Mayfield with Baker Mayfield on the Rams for less than 48 hours. Uh, Tonight, uh, Rams and Saints are both 7-7. and This is a huge game in the NFC playoff picture. Yeah, I, I know it's ridiculous, but it's a gigantic game winner of this one is going to be in really good shape. New Orleans, after tonight, gets Tampa on the road, which could be for the NFC South, and then Atlanta the final week of the season. The Rams get have to go to San Francisco the final week of the year. They do get to go to New York. This is the final home game of the year for the Rams. They go to the Giants on New Year's Eve. Four and Rams four, 45 the total. Uh, high is four and a half, but it's been mostly four most of the week, Alex. I'm really impressed with this Rams team. Four and one in their last five, and they played very well, especially their offense. I went ahead and laid the three for the first half. They've scored on their opening drive in the last four games. They've also scored 13-plus in the first half of those four games. And the Saints just haven't been great on the road. Derek Carr has just six touchdowns and three interceptions in his seven road games. So I like the Rams here. Feel more comfortable with the first half. This is kind of unconventional and not a typical way I would bet an underdog. But when I was looking at it, Jeff, if you tease this up and get over that 10, in their seven losses, the Saints, they've only lost by 10 or more in one game. And that was against the Bucks in week four. So they lost by seven to the Texans, seven to the Jags, eight Vikings, nine Falcons, and five Lions. So 
their defense does have a way of keeping them in these games and keeping them close and even helping them win. Clearly, that's why they have won seven this season because we know how terrible they have been in the red zone, their offense. So that's what kind of steered me away from just taking the four or four and a half. But I, if I was looking at playing this full game, it would be teasing the Saints up to 10, 10 and a half. I have no idea what to make out of the, the Rams. The Saints, I know what they are. They, they've taken advantage of a mediocre schedule. They have the easy, they've played the easiest schedule in the NFL this year. It was supposed to be the easiest schedule going into the year. Uh, I just think they're if they put a reasonable schedule, be five, they'd be five and nine right now. They would be one of the a non-playoff team for sure. On the Rams side, look, you win out, you're in. You have the C, the uh, tiebreak over Seattle. Remember, they swept the Seahawks, beat them in Seattle week one, and then that game where Pete Carroll totally mangled the clock at the end of the game, resulting in a Jason Myers missed field goal of about 10 yards longer than it needed to be at the horn. I, I still, like if we're looking at the yes and no playoff markets, I still wouldn't bet either of these teams on the yes. The Rams having to beat San Francisco probably to get in at 10-7. Makes it a little bit hard, but unless that is the last game of the season, right? Yeah, but the Niners still probably well, with the Eagles losing on Thursday on Monday, that does get us in the scenario where the Niners have the tiebreaker on everyone and they don't have to win necessarily that final week. But uh, even so, <laughs> the Niners backups <laughs> could still give the Rams a game in that one for sure. But we'll see how it all plays out. I don't again. I didn't bet this game. We'll see if we uh, we end up on something. Uh, as I'm kind of surprised because you have not been a fan of this Saints team, especially. I mean, we know that division is pretty awful as well, and the Saints team, especially with their quarterback as Derek Carr, you haven't been a big fan this year. Numbers right. I think the numbers right more than anything. It, it would be a take on the number with the underdog if we were to do anything else on that. Uh, before we get to our guy Matt Cox, three man weave, we'll get to him in a few moments. Uh, I want to bring up the bowl game tonight, Alex. Boca Raton Bowl tonight. South Florida and Syracuse. Here's three-point favorites in this one. I, again, my my theory, I've only bet one game pre-flop over, or one one game pre-flop anything in this bowl season. Uh, later with Texas Tech, which should have scared everyone when it happened. They ended up covering nothing for me tonight in this one uh, in Boca. Nothing for me either. The Orange have freshman quarterback Braden Davis playing. He's only had one completed pass for a loss of six yards this season. And they have a weird coaching situation going on there. But I don't feel comfortable backing South Florida. They've had one of the worst defenses in the country this year. Have allowed 36 points a game. A little better at home, 28. But on the road, they gave up an average of 43 points a game. So maybe an in-game, but yeah, nothing up front. So, uh, Syracuse's coaching uh, deal, interim tonight, Dino, was, Dino Babers was, of course, fired after game 11. Fran Brown, the new head coach, takes over uh, once uh, the, uh, this bowl game is But he'll over. be there. He'll be there tonight. <laughs> he will definitely be there tonight, that's for sure. Also, on the NBA side of things, we almost normally don't talk a lot of NBA here, but I have to bring this up. Ryan... The Detroit Pistons, who had less wins than the Texas Rangers. Ryan, you and you and Frank talked about this for a second here. The fact that we have a team, Alex, that was 20, that has lost, what, 24 straight games? 24. Okay. Ryan had the number exact earlier. They're favored tonight against Utah by two points. Utah, uh, look, if, if the Pistons are going to win a game, it's got to be tonight. Or else it's going to be a little bit long, <laughs> at least a few more games longer. No Laurie Marketing, no Jordan Clarkson, no Keontae George, no Taylor and Horton Tucker tonight for Utah. Do you dare lay it with the Pistons who've lost 24 straight? No, thank you. One, oh, no. <laughs> One loss away from the longest lo losing streak in the history of the National Basketball Association. Two point favorites tonight at home at a little Caesars Arena in Motown. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We get back. Our guy, Matt Cox, the third member of Three Man Weave, will join us next. He has a few plays for tonight, and we'll also look ahead to a big card on Saturday, and then last night, a bunch of big upsets in the Big East. Last night, we will get to it. When we get back, our guy, Matt Cox, joins us here on Sports by the Book. 
We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day, plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your south of the border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is alongside. I got the cans on my head now. Alex more professional with the, uh, the IFB. I don't know where my IFB went. Had it a few months ago. I don't know where it went. Regardless, probably a better thing that uh, that is nowhere to be found. Joining us now, though, you find his work at Three Man Weave, the third of three. We had Kai last week. We had Jim two weeks ago, and now it's our guy Matt Cox with us right now. Matt, pleasure as always. Thanks for hanging out with us here on a Thursday. Thank you. Happy holidays, and the pleasure is all on this side of the camera, Mr. Pearls. Happy holidays to you as well. Uh, again, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Let's dive into some some plays for tonight. Uh, it's not the the uh, the best of cards tonight. By the way, uh, Louisville's out to an 12-11 lead on Kentucky right now. Uh, I'm going to say that's not going to hold the DM, uh, but hey, crazy things have happened. Uh, number one's in action with Purdue. Big favorites against Jacksonville. Houston's a big favorite against Texas State. But we're going to be starting off, though. Let's go to Eastern Washington and Washington. Let's go there first, where we have we saw the Huskies beat Gonzaga not too long ago, uh, which was yep. a, a, a big shocker. Then in the, in the following game, they needed a huge comeback to beat the Red Hawks of Seattle in a game that uh, yeah. had 199 points. Now to get an Eastern Washington team that uh, is four and six, again, working through it in the early season. Uh, right now, Matt, it's 15 with the Huskies laying it at uh, Alaska Airlines Arena at home tonight. Yeah, I think you have to concede that Washington is no longer a punchline under mm -hmm. Mike Hopkins. I think they have real talent, and they, uh, you know, many people may not realize they hired Larry Brown this offseason. They revamped their defense. They're playing a lot more man-to-man. -man. It's, it's been a very clear identity shift. It's fitting that how Jim Beheim walks away, they hands the keys to Red Autry at Syracuse, Mike Hopkins, where he spent many years on the bench there. They're all going through this change of, uh, you know, a, pass, a changing of the guard, if you will. So this is a real Washington team. It's not like an all an all out fate of Washington. I'm kind of worried I missed the letdown spot there with the double OT one at Seattle. But Eastern Washington, I think, is a really underrated team. Um, they almost ran the table last year in the big sky. They started off really terribly to start the year. Uh, David Riley is always a slow starter. It's kind of a uh, a complex system that he runs. Got some new pieces this season, but they're very interchangeable. They're long. Um, they're going to be giving up some size in the paint, but I think the unorthodox style in which they play, coming off two wins against like actual teams in their weight class, they played competitively with Cincinnati. They're in that game with Washington State a couple weeks ago. Um, at Ole Miss, lost by 10. I think we're learning how impressive that probably looks now. So I think this team hangs, uh, and I, I took the 15 here. 
Let's go to another one. Pepperdine, five and eight on the year, but they've been much better at home opposed to on the road or neutral sites. You're looking at yep. something in this game. They are playing William and Mary. What do you like in this one? Yeah, the, the home angle is honestly the prevailing reason why I'm on the uh, the waves. Lorenzo Romar, after a um, head-scratching slash embarrassing loss at Louisville at the Yum Center, as Kentucky is learning a tough place to go and play, <laughs> uh, even though apparently half the seats are full, like it's a kind of a, a, a wine and cheese crowd. I was very surprised. Anyway, all that aside, yeah, Pepperdine at home is why I like him tonight. William and Mary flying cross-country um, off a long layoff with a couple of key question marks roster uh, Personnel-wise, I don't have any definitive info on who is and who is not playing. Just speculating that given, you know, conference play starts in a week or two, no need to rush those guys back. And I've seen Pepperdine dominate teams that don't have top-tier talent athletes. They can be embarrassed by teams with that level of talent and, and athleticism with, with better coaches. But against teams that they can just outrun and outjump, they're, they, they're, they can blow teams out of the water. I think they do tonight here with the, uh, the visiting tribe. That's a uh, very peculiar uh, trip for William and Mary to be taking. Right, exactly. <laughs> why, why are you going? It's just like a Bellarmine was in uh, Utah last night. Sure. They go to BYU tomorrow, and then they go back to the uh, to, to Kentucky. It's like, well, that's going to be two 40-point losses, right? Like, you kind of pencil those in. We'll see. But just uh, my hunch. Uh, well, uh, I, I'm sure we'll talk about BYU because that's a requirement whenever we have one of, one of the Weavers uh, on the show. Let's get to your last one tonight. Uh, this is uh, a neutral site in Spokane, technically. Yes, we know Wazoo uh, pretty darn close to Spokane. Taking yep. on Boise. So is Boise as well, for that matter. Taking on the Broncos. Uh, two, two and a half in the market right now in the Cougs uh, against Boise tonight, Matt. Yeah, I laid two. I uh, surprised the market didn't jump on this overnight earlier. It seems like all the good plays are sniffed out by 8 p.m. night before. But I uh, was lucky enough to wait and catch two this morning. You mentioned it's a semi-home situation for Washington State. Um, the Cougars have played here a bunch of times in rows. I think there's a little bit of familiarity here. Kyle Smith, has he stepped up in competition this year? Not really. Um, you know, they've mostly inflated their analytic rankings, Washington State, that is, by beating bad teams. Coming off a tough loss to Santa Clara, um, I think that works in their favor, though. Tonight. I think that bounce-back angle, um, you know, with the first time they've really seen real game pressure. They were never that competitive in Mississippi State early in the season. But I look at some of their wins against like Portland State and Rhode Island, like not world beaters, but two very good high caliber mid-major teams. They beat them pretty handily. And I think Boise is probably closer to the upper echelon of competition. I think this Boise team has real question marks. Um, they have holes up front. They have ball security question mark. I'm sorry, point guard uh, question marks. Just a tough matchup here. And what I think just I'm betting a better team with a little bit of a bonus home situation. And well, I think Leon Rice is a great coach. I think Kyle Smith is a very underrated coach. So I'm right with Data Raid, as they call it, in Cook City. Great intel on all three of those plays. Jeff teased it. Some upsets yesterday. I was on the wrong side of one of them, and that was UConn, who lost as an eight-point favorite. They lost by 15 to Seton Hall. What do you make of that loss? And then how do you see the game going? They're hosting St. John's on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I make nothing of that game. I think mean, UConn's still awesome, and it's conference play. And we saw last year, right, UConn was a juggernaut in the non-conference, and then they ended up losing seven games against the very, very tough and rugged Big East, where coaches know the very long and deep, vaunted playbook that Danny Hurley and that coaching staff brings to bear. So I think when they go into face foes who know what they bring in the arena, I think that kind of works against them, right? Obviously, they're going to still be a very good team. I think they're the favorite in that league. They'll probably end up going 14 and 6, 15 and 5, but they're going to lose games. Like, I think people think they're invincible. It's like, no, they'll lose games throughout this Big East slate. You got to find the right spots to back them. Um, at home, an angry spot with the way Hurley talked after that last game against the last night against Seton Hall. He said he was embarrassed, that he was shameful to watch the tape. I think they come out very locked in and focused. I just think the Johnnies, though, are starting to play some defense. Um, and Rick Pitino is, is a coach you don't want to fade unless you have good reason to. So this will be a pretty big stay away for me. Um, you know, if you faded UConn, you know, with Seton Hall on Wednesday, I'm not so sure I'd be as confident to do so in back-to-back -back spots against the Johnnies. Yeah, St. Saint, Saint John's, like you said, starting to find some defense. Uh, they're still going to play ridiculously fast. We saw it last night under a point of possession for Xavier in St. John's 15-point win in conference play. Uh, just keep it at the Big East real quick. <laughs> Is there any figuring Villanova at this point? I, I know it's nope. so uh, it's so weird because. For, especially after they won the first title, they were 
they were the most consistent team in all college basketball year after year after year. And now this year in their second year under Kyle Neptune, they can't beat a Philadelphia team. They lose in the octagon against K-State in a wild game in overtime. And now they're, they, they handled UCLA, even though this is not a particularly good UCLA team. They beat North Carolina, who's legitimately a top 15 team. They beat Memphis, who I think is actually underrated right now. And then last night they go on the road and beat Creighton. I, I, I mean, there's no, which means they're probably going to probably going to struggle against DePaul on Saturday. That's probably what that means, right? <laughs> yeah, DePaul's given some close barbers over the years. Now this is a outlier bad DePaul team. DePaul's oh, yes. had some bad teams, so that's that's saying something. Um, sorry, Mr. Stolenfield, it's probably time for a new uh, a changing of the guard here in the Windy City too. But all that aside, I, I'm with you. I think Villanova will be a Jekyll and Hyde whack-a-mole team, as I like to call them all season long. They shoot a ton of threes. They give up a ton of threes. If their threes are going in, they're going to be good. If the other teams are missing, they're going to be awesome. And, you know, you can flip that narrative right back on its head. We've seen them look pretty bad, a la all of the big five games in, in, in Philadelphia there. So it, it's going to be a tough team to handicap. It's funny. They kind of have the same, you know, they don't pass the ball and share the ball as well as they did under Jay Wright. You know, they still take a lot of threes. They've always done so under Jay Wright. They always gave up a lot of threes under Jay Wright. They're still doing so under Neptune. I think the way they move the ball gave them a little more stability on offense. That for this team is more consistent to me is offensively. Um, they don't have the same reliable source of ball movement and high shot quality night tonight, which you saw under right. I think this is more of an isolation type of team, um, which can be prone to some really long scoring droughts. I think that can come back to bite them. Again, like UConn, really good team. Not as good as UConn, but very good Big East team will be prone to situational fades, I think, all season throughout the Big East. Let's uh, let's go to tomorrow night uh, real quick. Uh, we have bragging rights, which is an uh, important game, at least in my household. Uh, Illinois and, and Mizzou in St. Louis, always a fun time. I, I will say this. I, I had no idea what to expect out of the Illini this year because what it's been the last few years other than right. the one seed year, they're very talented and then find a way to underachieve the regular season. Two losses are to Marquette and Tennessee. There's absolutely nothing wrong with those losses. The problem is they haven't beaten anyone. Uh, Mizzou's going to be the, the, or excuse me, other than Florida Atlantic, of course, which was an unbelievable game at Madison Square Garden. They haven't yep. beaten anyone yep. other than FAU. They did win at the rack, which is not easy to do. Uh, and then Mizzou on the other side, uh, look, I, I think there are there's a little bit of a reason to be concerned about Dennis Gates's last year being maybe a mirage. Uh, this is a team that, uh, lost at home to Jackson State, and then the three best team, three of the four best teams they played this year, Seton Hall put ninety three on them, which should never happen. Kansas right. beat them by nine, and then the Memphis game they they blew up in the second half. Uh, well, what do you make of this one? Ken Palm makes this nine uh, right now. Just looking to see if we have any overnights uh, on this game just yet for tomorrow. Uh, doesn't uh, oh there we go. One is it? One book is six and a half on Illinois right now. And it does feel low. And yeah. I was actually looking at the Ken Palm numbers, what I was going to anchor on, which I think closer to nine, 10 feels high. So the point is, I think that sweet spot's closer to eight. Um, Mizzou's been good away from Columbia, um, especially on true roadies, right? Going to Minnesota, mm -hmm. had that crazy comeback win there. Minnesota, we know, is a pretty good basketball team. Um, you know, not great, but good. Pittsburgh winning there is going to age very well. Um, took care of business, as you mentioned, against Wichita State. I thought they were pretty good against Kansas. They had opportunities to make that game closer and it never really gave KU a, a challenge. But there were some missed shots, I think, that fall in that game could could have been a barn burr. And, you know, you lose to Seton Hall. Seton Hall, I think, plays their A game, um, A++ game. And we're going to learn, I think, going forward, Seton Hall's probably better than people think. This Mizzou team, I think, has real roster rotation question marks. Dennis Gates has no idea who his top eight guys are at this point. We know Sean East is a star. And outside of that, we don't really know a, a lot else. But I think they've been more competitive than some of their head-scratching resume results look. I would be inclined to take them as the dog, but not at six, six and a half, seven. I think you need to look like eight, nine here. Otherwise, to stay away. Because that Illinois defense scares me too much. Um, I just think it's a, you know, Mizzou's going to have to make a lot of threes to make this one close. Look into Saturday real quick. Uh, obviously, we have those big East games. We, we'll get to uh, the ones we haven't mentioned in a second. But Florida Atlantic plays Arizona here in, in Vegas, which is... A really, really good basketball game. Arizona last night, uh, Alabama wasn't making threes. So that's a, a game where Arizona found a way, even though they didn't have their best stuff, 
win by 13, put the game away late. Uh, Florida Atlantic, look, I know there were some people that thought, all right, you know what? They wouldn't have had all the hoopla if they lose that game to Memphis. They never go on this run, all that. This Florida Atlantic team is really, really good yet again. Uh, their only two losses were, again, Illinois, where I think that's as well as Illinois can possibly play in that game in the yep. Garden. Uh, and the game to Bryant, where, look, they just didn't make shots. And I know Bryant's 213 and Ken Palm, but that is a team with that, even with losing their head coach, Jared Grasso, mid midstream, is probably going to be the be right. biggest threat yep. to Vermont in the America East. So. Uh, I I think this one on Saturday has the potential to be a really tight game where if Florida Atlantic's too big of an underdog, which I think is in play, Ken Palm has it at six. I have a hard time seeing it coming six. I think it's going to come higher. I probably will be on the Owls in that game, Matt. I'd like to be on the Owls, but I need a good number. I'm with you on that one. It feels like the market respects both teams, just mm -hmm. some, you know, kind of tracking how the money's come in for a lot of these matchups. It really respects Arizona, right? And there's no reason not to. The only thing they've done wrong was lose, you know, in Purdue's backyard and against Purdue, who's done almost nothing wrong. So uh, I, I think money comes in on Arizona in this game if it's not already shaded that way. So I'm with you, though. I'm looking to take the plus eight. My only concern with the Owls is when you take Vlad Golden off the floor, they're in protection. It's very dicey. Mm -hmm. um, and we've seen how dominant Arizona can be against matchups without a true five. And look what they did at Duke at Cameron, right? Without with Duke having no true rim protector. Uh, bully in the paint. That, that's where Arizona made their pay. And I think they can do that to FAU if they can get Vlad in foul trouble. So I think the whistle will be key in this one. Um, you know, if Vlad picks up an early foul or two, that can really change the trajectory of this game. Uh, but if Florida Atlantic guards, like I know they're capable of guarding, um, I think they're in this game all the way. It's going to be tough to run with the talent and the speed and the firepower of Arizona for, you know, 80 possessions. But they did that with Illinois for, you know, most of that game, barring, you know, two outbreak performances from Domask and um and Shannon I think you're right we saw Illinois give their a plus plus game and FAU was right there toward the end um Arizona is better if Arizona plays their a plus plus game this probably ends up like a nine point ten point game but if they don't I think FAU's you know there's such a versatile team right they can play different styles they can stay in games when they're not making shots and their ceiling's high too when they are making shots they can you know they look like a top five team in the country at times last year so I'm looking back at the Owls, but then the price has got to be right. I'm looking for eight, hopefully, if I can find maybe seven. I'd buy it seven. Yeah, I'm a little surprised Ken Palm came six. I was thinking probably eight, eight and a half in this one. It's I know it's technically a neutral, but it's going to be 90% Arizona Yeah, fans. Ken Palm giving – right. So I think you got to give a point to yeah. – uh, to home for Arizona, just for the time zone, right? And the, the proximity for Vegas and all the Arizona fans in the area. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. So. A lot of good tickets still available for that one on uh, on Saturday at noon, Alex. It's tempting, but we do have the Vegas Bowl as well. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of good events here uh, over the weekend here in town. You get all the good stuff out there. Yeah, you, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay from time to time, Matt. It's all right. Uh, before we let you go, buddy, uh, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna put whoever, whichever Weaver is on with us. Uh, ask him this question basically at the end of every single show because it can change. It can change basically on a week week to week basis. At least this early in the season, Ken Palm is Houston and one right now, Matt. Are they your number one team, or are we are we looking at Arizona, or maybe even someone else? I, it's a tie between Arizona and UConn for me, but I I can't say that without acknowledging that Purdue has done everything they're supposed to do. And so at this point, like if you're doubting Purdue, I, you're, you're just really you really hate Zach Eady, or you hate you know Braden Smith and Foster Lawyer. You have something against Matt Painter, and obviously his tournament failures are are uh, it's a long list. I get that. I think the right answer is Purdue, but my answer is a tie between Arizona and UConn with all due respect to Houston. I think they're just a, light, a slight notch below. Well, and also, actually, I, I actually have to ask this one because I, real quick before we let you go, BYU is number five in Ken Palm. I, I think that's nuts. I personally, I, it think, is. They're, I think they're a good, I think they're a good team. Uh, I, I, I think they're more likely to end up 35 than they are to end up in the top 10 when this is all. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, you're mad. You're playing. In, yeah. You're playing in such a difficult league. Like for Houston, their style. We trust them to go into the Big Twelve and be one of the top four teams. Just the the way they're coached. They've done it over multiple years. This is still pretty early in the Mark Pope era there in Provo. And and look, just look at the the way the teams they have played and beaten. They've played one team in the. They've beaten one team in the top fifty of Ken Palm. That's why I'm a little baffled by the fact that they're 
number five going into conference play, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of hoopla about um, you know teams that are really good at gaming the net, beating good to bad teams by lofty margins. And yeah. while I think there's you know some some chess to that and some calculus, but behind you know playing the game, so to speak, I think that also it, it takes a really good team to do that consistently night in night out when you all you hear all these other coaches talking about how yeah it's tough to win and like you see all these teams losing to buy games and then major so you, you can't have it both ways i guess if you're from the coaching you know, point of view and so i think you have to give pope credit it helps when you play at altitude and you play out west a lot of these teams flying you know four or five hours to go play their first game in altitude all year probably helping inflate their record uh pope's always been known for running up scores um just kind of what he does he, he's been playing the game long before the net was around um, and teams are shooting 24% from three against them and 64% from the free throw lines. That's the best, I guess, most lucky opponent shot profile, I think, in the country. Their defense has a lot to do with it, but I think that's going to naturally regress back to the mean. I don't think they finished 35. I think they're like closer to like that 20th. I agree. Um, 15 to 20th, probably. And Big 12, they'll get beat plenty of times, right? I mean, 13 and 5, so Kempom hasn't projected that. They'll probably lose, I'd say, seven games. I think eleven seven is actually more of a reasonable projection, um, but their home court's real, and home court in Big Twelve is real. So when you get to play at home um, nine times a year, there, I mean, it's going to be tough to to finish under five hundred. I'll say that in the league, but as good as they are, ten of the Big Twelve teams are in the top forty four in Ken Palm entering today's action. Uh, no, the worst rated team in Ken Palm in the Big Twelve is West Virginia. No shock there. Oh, tumultuous. Offseason, 132nd for the Mountaineers. Everyone else in the top 96. He's Matt Cox. Again, you can find his work as always. Three-man weave. Him, Kai, Jim, great job. As always, on the tweets at Matty underscore Cox. Matt, pleasure as always. Enjoy your holidays. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Always, man. Anytime. Appreciate you guys. Happy holidays. Absolutely. Matt Thank Cox, you, Matt. everybody. When we get back, we uh, maybe Alex will have some hockey. Maybe. <laughs> maybe and where in the casino is frank nicotero we debut that next when we get back here sports by the book south point studio if you're celebrating a special occasion or just love fine dining you're in the right place come experience the crown jewel of south point restaurants michael's gourmet room welcome with over 600 different types of wines and magnificent dishes prepared tableside, you'll revel in the rich classic Vegas decor and the best black tie service in the world. This intimate gourmet room has earned accolades galore. Come to Michael's Gourmet Room for an unforgettable dining experience. Another famous restaurant is the Silverado Steakhouse, where you'll find the charm and service that discerning patrons require. From top quality steaks and chops to fresh seafood and desserts, you'll love the award-winning wine list and menu at Silverado Steakhouse. Steak lovers have even more options with primarily prime rib. Catering to hearty appetites, the menu features a variety of flavorful prime rib cuts, dry aged to ensure tenderness, and then seasoned and slowly roasted. Although prime rib is our specialty, it's not the only thing on the menu. There's something for everyone. And if you're craving a taste of Italy, come experience delicious Italian cuisine and the attentive service at Don Vito's. Our culinary team starts with the freshest ingredients and transforms them into traditional favorites. And don't forget Italian desserts. Don Vito's, savor the taste of Italy. Finally, if sushi is more your style, join us at the popular Zenshin Asian restaurant and sushi bar where we're serving up the freshest sashimi, nigiri, and sushi rolls. And beyond the sushi, an exciting contemporary Asian cuisine menu, plus a variety of specialty drinks, Japanese and domestic beer, wine, and sake. Balance your hunger with Zenshin. Welcome back in to Sports by the Book. Here at the South Point Studio, I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White's alongside. And you know what? We're just going to go right to it. Where in the casino is Frank Nicotero? And I think if you hear, if the audio, we could get the audio going for Frank if he's not already on the air. I think we spoil it. Frank, he's at the arena. <laughs> what, uh, what, what do we got? What, what, uh, 
What? Who's playing behind you right now? We have the Wright State Raiders against the Wyoming Cowgirls in a battle. Number five in yellow for the Cowgirls has 14 points. She's five of five, four of four from downtown. Um, but we got the right. We got uh, Wright State, which is located in Dayton, Ohio. I've been there. Um, they're coming this way. But Tess Barnes, her name is Tess Barnes, number five, is lighting it up. But it's been a great game. A lot of great energy over here in the stands from the fans. But I asked for permission to come down here, and I got it. So I'm literally right on the court by the action here. Now you're in the you're in the media seating. There is a a Wright State bucket just happened. As a, I'm yeah. assuming Wright Wright State's in the in the black and Wyoming's in the yes. gold. Behind there on Frank. See, Alex already. I, I, I didn't even have to say it. Alex already knew it. Knew it already. Look at that. Look at that. Look that at that. Correct. So, oh, so scrimming, scrum. Uh oh. Okay. Now nah, everyone's all right. Time out. Here's my favorite thing. So I was here when it went to halftime. Here's a trivia question for you guys. Quiz question. The song they played to start halftime was it "Don't Stop Believing," "Crazy Train," or "Mr. Roboto"? What do you want to guess? You, you have nothing? I have nothing. I, I was going to go with Ryan. I, 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 well, Ryan, what are you going with? I think it's Roboto also. Was <laughs> it? Mr. Yeah, I mean, it's just too ridiculous <laughs> yeah, to not probably. be Mr. Roboto. There's like a bunch of like 18-year-old kids here, and all of a sudden I hear the opening lines. I'm like, are they playing Mr. Roboto at <laughs> halftime to get the people pumped? I'm like, it's a 40-year-old stick song, but it worked for me. I was up dancing around, but... As you can see, I have been sitting right by the right state bench right here. Uh, very communicative coaching. Um, it's been this has been great, and this is such a great venue. These people over here, we got a lot of friends and family here. There's another game right after, I believe it's Presbyterian versus Eastern Washington, or perhaps they already played. I think they already played. This is the late show here, but it's been a good game. Uh, right now, it's uh, 38 points. Uh, 43 to 38. It's a five-point game. Wow. Close game? It was uh, 13 at half. Yeah, it's a close game. It was like 13 or 14 at half. So Wright State's really battling back. But again, I mean, this is in the sports. This is in the um, the South Point Casino. This is where the I was for the rodeo two weeks ago, which, by the way, you know the rodeo was here. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah, you do. But anyway, um, yeah, there's a D1 game going on behind between Wright State and Wyoming. And uh, here comes Wright State trying to cut into this lead. Let's see. I'll get the hoop in the shot for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I mean, how cool, how awesome is South Point? I mean, we have a Division One game going on right behind us. All right. So can we uh, can we get the South Point Studio basketball game up there at some point, Jerry? Can we get that? Frank, do you have a mean jumper? I do. I mean, listen, I played guard, and of course I wore uniform number one because that was always the extra small one. And... Uh, <laughs> I once, I once in a game scored 10 points. That was oh. my high, my first game ever. My dad played the soundtrack to Fish That Saved Pittsburgh to get me pumped up. And I went out and scored 10 points. And then the rest of the season, I think I scored six. So it was wow. the first game out of, out of nowhere. Then the scouting report came out on me is what happened. They said, okay, the kid's got a jumper from the top. So, uh, yeah, I, I had five baskets in one game. I mean, for I, like an intramural, not intramural, but like, what was it called? NAI? What the hell was I can't remember the name of the league. And it was, a, you know, an after-school league. But, you know, you paid. You got a uniform. And I fouled out of a lot of games. I was aggressive. I was that aggressive, annoying guard on defense. But did but you did ever have to okay, step in? Did you ever ever have to step in as the coach for basketball? No. Oh, no. Or manager. Alex, good question. Only, ba only baseball. Only baseball that I have to lead the team to championship. Which, by the way, I'm talking to some producers about the movie rights for that. <laughs> I mean, look, there's, there's a few things we've learned about Frank over the last few months. The two most impressive feats by far, number one being the voice of Iron City Beer. That's number one. That's true. And number two is leading his Little League team as the player coach, as the sixth seed to the championship, and then retiring, right, yep. hanging up the cleats right up on, right on the up. field. I, I mean... It's a, it, we knew he's a man of many talents, but those right. are, that's a talent I didn't even know the man had. Well, that, and he's doing great reporting out there. He's giving us uh, all the best details. Who's is it? Mostly Wyoming fans. Um, I'd say the crowd here. You can see the crowd's pretty divided. The yellow, obviously, is your Wyoming, and then the black uh, black shirts is probably the Raider fans from Dayton or from uh, Wright State, which is in Dayton. But um, it's down to a three-point game again. This is the third Ooh. period. 
Remember, in women's, they play four quarters. It's yes. not two halves. So I got confused for a second. When I walked in, I was like, oh, my God, the game's over. But then I remembered. Right. Are you kidding? Uh, we got a, a one-point ball game here, guys. A big run from so, Wright, Wright State. State. By the way. Wright uh, State making the adjustments. As Frank as Frank brought it up, it is four 10-minute quarters in women's college basketball as opposed yeah. to the 20-minute halves. The games are so much better flow-wise, the women's college basketball. It is. They're, I couldn't they're agree awesome. more. They're I, awesome. I like the two halves. It's it's a better game to watch the fourth quarter, but at least at least for me, and that's also depending on how the refs. Wright State just take the lead there, Frank. They just took the lead. It's 47-45. Someone just hit a, uh, a three. They are fired up. Look at them fired up. I want to run in that huddle right now with them. These girls. These girls were down. When I walked in, they were down 15 points. Wow. They were down 15 when I walked in. It was a runaway for Wyoming. But now, Wright State making a comeback, uh, shooting the deep ball. That girl there, number 20 uh, for Wright State. Check your programs at home. But she hit two deep threes from here, at least one. I think two. Oh, now we got, bam. Alex, you know this jam, right? Bam, bam. Uh, go. Bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, Frank, gonna, Frank gonna go jump on it. There we go. There we go. Look at that. Not quite Cotton Eye Joe, but uh, same sort of thing. By the way, by the way, Frank, since you brought up sticks, come sail away or Domo Arigato? I gotta go come sail away. Radio, you know, are you kidding? That was beautiful. My cousin used to play that for me, and I guess apparently he played it for my grandfather once. He goes, that's beautiful. So he played him the song, and then once it went in, he hated it. But he liked the piano to the end. That's, starts off very that's a hard. Piano. That's a heartwarming story, there, Frank. Yeah, my grandfather didn't like the song, but he liked the opening. But uh, Wright State's got the mojo going. They got the momentum. Minutes to go in the third here. But this is amazing. Again, this is at the South Point. They have these holiday tournaments here. Uh, and again, there was a rodeo here a week ago. So, so many fun things to do at the South Point. You got to come down and see us. And you know that you can watch. You can stand outside the studio and watch Sports by the Book. You can. Or uh, race day with Rob. Well, this is a fun segment that we're adding. Frank, can you give us give us some clues on where you think you'll be next time? Well, we looked at the schedule of events coming up. I don't, I don't, I, I will say it will be located here somewhere at the South Point. And uh, there's one word in particular, if you scream it out, that uh, I think that's pretty much where I am next Thursday. I have to check the schedule, but uh, we'll figure that clue. out in the next meeting. But <laughs> it's pretty good clue. But listen, I, there's so much to show you guys here at the South Point, as you guys know, but also everyone watching the show. And uh, I don't know if there was a line on this game, but right now it's even up. We got 94 points to go. 94 points is the total. I'm guessing the total was like 112. I'm going to put it at 112 for the fourth. Uh, we'll, have yeah. to, we'll have to see if anyone was dishing those numbers uh, here today. All right, Frank. But this is a, it's unbelievable. But Frank, we will let you go enjoy the rest of the game. Thank you for being with us as always. Punchlines tomorrow. You have a big show tomorrow at noon. Alex will be there, of course, because it's Friday. She's got her friend Stephanie coming in. And I have legendary comedian Bob Zaney, who's performing at Brad Garrett's all weekend. He's coming live in the studio. So our last show before Christmas will be a big one. Bob Zaney. Um, be on the lookout for that tomorrow here on the, on, on the channel on YouTube where you're watching us right now. Frank, thank you. We'll see where you are in the casino next week. All right, our a good friend. I love it. Later, guys. See you, Frank. Bye, Frank Nicotero, everyone. Punchlines is the show. Noon to one Pacific time here on the channel. Uh, as we, uh, as I'm going to take the headphones off so I don't, uh, don't, uh, hear the, uh, the whistles, uh, in my ear anymore. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We get back. We'll give you an update on where the line is for Rams and Saints. And we'll also see what else Alex may have or may not have tonight on the betting card. When we get back, Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. 
gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Mega Bucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part? Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to blackjack and roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. Here at the South Point Studio, I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside. We're happy to be with you as always. Just a few days before Christmas. We are off on Christmas Day here at the studio. We'll be back with regular scheduled programming on the 26th. Frank and company on Punchlines on Tuesday the 26th at noon Pacific time. We'll have our normal shows the next three days. Of course, uh, Football Friday. Myself, Chris Andrews, Vinny Maliulo, two hours. Jimmy Vaccaro also making an appearance. You guys have on the show. a lot to go through tomorrow. We have on Saturday a lot of bowl games. Yep. Um, obviously, have the full NFL card except for tonight. There are also bowl games again next week. Is the week where yeah you have one tonight uh, at eight o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Pacific time, but then the twenty sixth. It's basically triple headers and quadruple headers the whole week, uh, starting on the twenty sixth. Are you go? Are you going to Phoenix? Are no. you go, are you going to? Uh, no. You're not going to the UNLV Kansas bowl game. No. no, I don't know if you were. You weren't. I uh, I almost actually ended up going to that. Just uh, yeah. Well, the wife the wife is a Kansas grad. That's so right. So it would have been. Uh, by the way, I uh, that will actually be a rare pre flop bet. You're laying it with the oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think it. I. I it's a. Kansas has been pretty well kept intact through transfer portal. And yeah, they lose Colin Icke, their offensive coordinator. So maybe that's something a little bit to look at, but I don't think you could have drawn up a worse matchup for UNLV. I know. Uh, just a, a team with a big time offense. Uh, defense is their turnover happy Kansas. So that would be, I think that's actually a worse matchup for UNLV where it's a team that turns you over. Yes. Even I'd rather, I think I'd rather just play a consistent, keep you in front of your defense as opposed to, Hey, they're not that good, but they do turn you over. And when they turn you over, they win. Right. Well, look at what happened to us in the conference championship, but kind of, kind of the same thing yeah. with them against Boise. So should be a good game. I'm probably not going to bet it. I'm just going to watch it and root for the rebels. I will uh, bring up tomorrow's bowl game before we uh, get out of here as well. Three 30, Pacific 6.30, local in Tampa. The Gasparilla Bowl. Ready for that one? Central Florida and Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, I will tell you, even if it was a normal circumstance, there's absolutely no way I'm betting this game because Georgia Tech is just, I can't figure them out. I know. I've been unable to figure out Georgia Tech all year long. This is up to five and a half. Actually, looks like it just got bet a few minutes ago back down to five in this game uh, here at the South Point. Uh, Central Florida laying it. Uh, just uh, not too not too far away, Orlando to Tampa, pretty easy drive, about a, about 90, 90 minutes to two hours, depending on traffic, Alex. Yeah, I didn't bet this one either. If I were to, I would only look at Central Florida here. Their, de their defense really improved at the end of the season. Last three games, they gave up just 13.5 points a game, and they played good teams, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Houston. Two of those were at home, though. They are better at home, so... Eh. Would be a play on the favorite here, but I'm not laying the five. Nothing. 67 and a half the total, by the way. I, uh, a big total in uh, in that one. Uh, again, Saturday, like we said, big college day. Uh, Troy and Duke get you going in the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, Amelia Bowl at Arkansas State in Northern Illinois. And what a matchup that is. Uh, James Madison, Air Force, Georgia State, Utah State, South Alabama, Eastern Michigan. Uh, you have the 
of course, the Vegas Bulls, Utah Northwestern. And then why? I, I know it's an NFL day, but the Hawaii Bulls now on the 23rd with Coastal Carolina and uh, San Jose State. That's usually the Christmas Eve tradition. But uh, yeah, a full NFL card on, uh, on Christmas Eve uh, this year. Going back to tonight real quick uh, on the NFL, Rams, four-point favorites against New Orleans, actually four-and-a-half now, just moved behind us. That's the lone four-and-a-half in the market with a total of 45. Again, uh, Alex and I mostly staying away from this one. There are not even any props that look great tonight for me either. I thought Kyron Williams looked good, but it is a little high. It's up to 89-and-a-half rushing yards. But the Saints have a very good pass defense, not a good rush defense. They gave up 204 rushing yards to Carolina two weeks ago, so that I would lean towards Kyron Williams. He's just having an outstanding year as well. We were talking about how many running backs were almost to 1,000 rushing yards, and he's one of them. He has the fourth most of all running backs so far. So that's one I was looking at, but I do think 89 is a little high. I uh, like I said, these, I don't think either of these teams are all that good. One of them I do think will end up in the playoffs. I'm just not sure of which one of these two. The end tough up thing, though, there. I mean, you, looking at the quarterback coach matchup. Oh, it's a huge advantage for for LA. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt on that. Yeah, with uh, Dennis Allen being a bottom five coach, McVay. I know people like getting on Sean McVay, but man, still won a Super Bowl. He's still been in two Super Bowls. He's a, he's a real head coach, as as we know. Uh, Alex, I will ask you this. I know Frank will talk about it because especially since Pittsburgh is involved uh, on Saturday, Bengals and Steelers, no Jamar Chase, no Joe Burrow, uh, Buffalo and the Chargers. That's now 12 and a half across the board in that game. Uh, anything at least two days out from those Saturday matchups? Yeah, so I lean to the Bengals here. Um, what is that now? It's two and a half. Three. Two and a half or three. Two and a half or three. Okay, I did see one and a half at one point out there. I should have jumped on that, but worried about the Steelers from here on out. Um, I would also look at that under 37 and a half. Yeah, I think that's still good. Um, and then the other one, I like the over in the other one, which has already moved, but I took over 42 and a half in the Bills Chargers game. I would look more to the points with the Chargers losing their head coach it's at 12 now, but Buffalo is playing really good finally. So I would. I like the total in that one. It's going to be a horrible game. That's all I feel confident in. Uh, Jeff Smith gets his first go as the interim head coach. The man is named after a peanut butter. I mean, I, I, what, 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 what are we doing here? Uh, and then uh, on the on the Bills side, you mentioned it. This, the thing is with Buffalo, I mean, they're big favorites this week. They're going to be big favorites next week against New England as well. I, they still can go two and one and miss the playoffs, it's still possible that that can happen. They also went out. They will win the AFC East coming from way back. Uh, unless Miami would have to lose twice. I don't see Miami going 2-1 and one in these last three. They play Dallas this week. Then they go to Baltimore. Then they play Buffalo. I just don't see them going 2-1. and one. Uh, That's why I'm saying Buffalo wins out. They're going to win the AFC East, which, again, looked uh, like quite the long shot not too long ago. Uh, with the, with this Bills team that has looked like a different team since changing over coordinators uh, on the offensive side of the ball from Dorsey to Brady. I know the last couple of weeks you've talked about the card feeling like one of the toughest. I really feel like this week I I struggled because I was looking for any type of underdog that I would want to back, and if it was enough points, and it was it was really hard to find any. You know who I like this week? I like the Patriots. Do you? I do. Now that we're up to seven. I like New England. Uh, getting that on sa on uh, Christmas Eve night against Denver. Uh, that's uh, seven mostly across the board. I also, if you wanted an underdog, you could take the Commanders against the Jets. It's going to be Trevor Simeon. Uh, the uh, the thirty second ranked offense against the thirty second ranked defense. Which inept unit will come through in that game? By the way, that total is 37, 37 and a half. Just a testament to how awful that Jet defense uh, really is. Did All you see the Commanders last week against the Rams? Man, they should have covered that game. I know. That's what I mean. They were <laughs> they were the ridiculous the the sequence. Brian, did you guys go through it on Monday on punchlines? No, the, no. the sequence where they got the first and goal with the one with four and a half minutes ago, and then didn't score until after the two minute warning. Yes, uh, it just uh, it just uh, unfathomable. Also, I'm I'm gonna ask you this real quick. 
and and our guy uh, Dwayne Colucci. There you go. Good, 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 good work, everybody. Um, was interviewed by Rob Meach of uh, the Chicago Sun Times earlier this week. He usually checks in with 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 Colucci. Uh, direct, there we go. Thank you very much, guys. I am stunned that the Sharps love Atlanta this week. And now I understand the fate of Indy. I get it. Playing well, premium win last week, market somewhat higher on them. This is flipped from Indy 2 to Atlanta 2, and Indy's only gotten healthier through the week. So I'm totally lost on this one, which probably means Atlanta wins the game by a touchdown. But I, that's the one move this week. It's like, all right, well, in theory, I get it. But did you just watch the Falcons the last month? It's crazy, <laughs> Jeff, but their power rating, it says that they're a play every week. So I understand because I made them minus one. I didn't touch it. We all know, you know, you guys were teasing me on Monday because <laughs> I bet them and they lost to the Panthers. So I was like, all right, I'm not doing this and then the line moves my way the falcons are now a two-point favorite so i was like okay so i'm not alone here some some other people that are you know pretty good at betting are also backing atlanta and you know i that's what i mean i think it's their power rating and you can't even adjust them down too far because they are so talented and i don't know it's it's kind of like how the bills were for a while when they were going through that weird slump and you're still... Um, yeah, well, there's one big difference between the two I teams. Know. Josh Allen, despite the fact that I'm lower on Allen than a lot, Josh Allen's still a top five NFL quarterback. Desmond Ritter stinks. Well, Desmond Ritter's not starting, right? Is it, is it officially Heineke now? Uh, because that, that, as of yesterday, was I don't know who's starting yet. I would imagine that the market is playing it out right now. Like, yeah, there you go. Heineke is officially in the last three games. That's right, too. That's so, part of that. So, yeah, yeah, you know what? Now it's not as an auto of taking Indy, but not like we saw anything good from Heineke the last few uh, no last few times we saw him. No, we so. thought it was a big upgrade, but it eh, small kind upgrade. Of, yeah. Um, before we go, Christmas Day, it's up to thirteen on the Eagles and the Giants. When's the buy point on the Giants, if any? Fourteen. Yeah. You buy at fourteen. Yeah, I would with the Giants. I think this is a. Uh, Get right game for the Eagles for I, sure. I agree. So that's why I'd be concerned even about taking two full touchdowns in this game because I, I don't want to call last week the Tommy DeVito turns into a pumpkin game because he did get hurt midstream and then came back. Uh, this could very easily be the Tommy DeVito turns into a pumpkin game. And, and you know, for the Eagles, I mean, it's pure panic in Philadelphia this week. Just absolute unadulterated pure panic with what happened on Monday night. and. I think, Nick, I went on Philly Radio on Tuesday. I, I thought it was the discussion point of what's wrong. And, and to me, obviously, you hand your defense to Patricia. I'm not stunned that happened to him on Monday. They were injured on top of the personnel not being as good as we thought it was. But the offensive play calling, they should Sirianni should take the play calling back from Brian Johnson. He's not ready. He's not a play caller at this point in his coaching career. And we saw Jalen Hurts have a really good year with Sirianni calling the plays year one. Steichen called him last year, parlayed it into a head coaching job. Uh, but this does feel like a get right on Christmas Day with the Eagles and Big Blue. All right, before we go, hockey tonight? Just a couple. So I normally am totals, right? But there are a couple um, sides that I like tonight. And that is the Philadelphia Flyers because mm -hmm. they are red hot and they just lost to Nashville nine nights ago they lost three to two they're seven and one in their last eight games so that was their one loss i think we see revenge here take philadelphia flyers minus 110 is what i got might be a little bit higher now the other one i like which i don't know if you want to follow me on this one because there is no team i have a harder time uh handicapping than the washington capitals but I like them tonight against Columbus Blue Jackets. But they're really tough for me because they beat really good teams and then they tend to uh, not show up against the not-so-great ones. But they have one of the best hockey players, right? So it makes it kind of hard. It's like when Ovechkin has a great game and gets the rest of his team up, they do good. But just one of those teams for me. But I like the Caps today. Caps right now in fifth in the, in the Metro, uh, right now in the, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I know I said this a, a little while ago. I think the Rangers are the best team in the East. I, I, just the way that everything has looked for them. They finally seemingly have turned that corner again from good to very good. Uh, I think they're the best team in the East. And, and you mentioned you're on the Flyers tonight. The Flyers, 
Why is it sitting there with the third most points in the Eastern Conference somehow? I know. <laughs> I know. So. They're they're sneaking in there. And you're right, Jeff. You mentioned that I think like two weeks ago. And I said, yeah, Boston's still my number one team. I have Boston and the Rangers uh, tied at one right now. So you were on it early. The only problem is uh, couldn't get that great a future odds on the Rangers or Boston right now. But That's all the time we have today. Shout out to the crew. Ryan, Sean, Jerry. Great work as always. Shout out to Ann as well. Who uh, stepped away uh, uh, earlier today to take uh, take the rest of the day off, well earned? Because uh, and Ann and Sean, Sean's yep. doing like a twelve hour day now. Uh, thanks, ten hours. All right, I try to give you a little extra credit here with Race Day Las Vegas early in the day. Yes. Uh, so shout out to Ann and Sean uh, getting up early with Ralph Sirocco uh, when uh, blanking on it Thursday through Monday for Ralph. Uh, what? Wednesday through Sunday, excuse me. I knew I was going to get that wrong. Wednesday through Sunday for Ralph. We're Thursday through Monday, except for this upcoming Monday. Frank, of course, Monday through Friday here on the network. For Alex White, good work. We'll see you again on Frank's show tomorrow. Yes. Uh, I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again at 2 o'clock Pacific time. Football Friday with Chris Andrews and Vinny Malio and Jimmy Vaccaro stepping in here on Sports by the Book.